I kind of am all mixed up now. The fight is on. It had me all, you know, motivated and ready to go. And then now, you know, that were it not for grace, kind of calm me down. And so, but uh, that song probably went better with the message, though. So, but yeah, I'm just, I'm all, I'm all confused right now. So, <laughs> all right. Say, music does affect you. It, it does. It does have an effect. It. That's good. I, I love that song. First John chapter two this morning. First John chapter two. We're going to continue our study through the book of First John. As we mentioned, uh, in the last, this is our third uh, message on this, and First John is written so we can know that we have eternal life. We learn how we can figure it out. We're supposed to search the scriptures, and we're supposed to, uh, you know, it, it, God's okay with us studying the Bible and trying to. Help uh, figure out some things. He wants us to understand these things, and we're supposed to base our salvation on the scriptures. And too many people today are wanting to base it on a feeling or an emotion, and those change all the time. But thank God, His Word does not change, and we're going to be judged according to what the Word of God has to say. And so, when it comes to salvation, uh, we better go to the Word of God. And if you uh, Missed the last couple messages or are interested or in this subject. We've been putting outlines in the bulletins. I normally don't do that, but I've been putting the outlines in there so you can take them home and study these passages of Scripture. And if you have questions, don't hesitate to ask me. I'd love to share them with you. I mean, I, I'm not one of these people that get all mad and upset if somebody disagrees with me. You know, I, I, you know, I preach the word. You know, and I do the thus saith the Lord and all that and. You know, and I'm probably like everybody. You know, I think I'm right all the time. But at the same time, I know that I'm not always right. Sometimes I get things wrong and maybe get things a little confused. And so I, I've learned that whenever people, you know, have a disagreement, always, you know, your first thought shouldn't be, you know, how dare they? You know, your first thought should be, okay, I could be. This could be another one of them times when I was wrong. And so, and even if. Disagree? That's that's fine. I, I like talking about these things. I like discussing it, and, and I, I promise, if you disagree with me, I will not get mad at you. If you won't get mad at me, and some people, you know, they just want to argue and stuff. And if we're just wanting to argue, well, that's that's probably not the best thing. But I think this is very important, though. I believe this uh, this getting knowing that you're saved. It's so important. And so many people today, they that I believe many of them are saved, but they've never they're not able to have that assurance because they don't uh, they've never been shown through the Word of God how you can know for sure. And I I think that's I think that's sad. I, that assurance is key to having victory, I believe. And if I'm you're not if I'm not even sure if I'm going to heaven or if I got to worry about going to hell, I mean I'm going to have a hard time. Moving forward, I'm not going to want to worry about doing some of the other things that God has. I'm going to be too concerned about that. And God wants us to be able to have that assurance so we can move on to telling other people. I mean, uh, I would I wouldn't want to tell other people. I'd be less likely to tell other people how to get saved if I wasn't even sure myself. It's like I'd be afraid I'd lead them wrong. If you all came and asked for advice on how to fix your car that was broke down, uh, I'm. I'm going to be hesitant to give you any advice because I know there's a good chance I'm going to lead you the wrong way. And with salvation, the Lord's called me to this, and I want to make sure I get this right. You know, if anything, I've got this is this is too important. 
And so uh, we're going to start reading in verse 12 today in 1 John chapter 2. It says, I write unto you little children because your sins are forgiven, uh, forgiven you for His name's sake. I write unto you fathers because ye have known Him that is from the beginning. I write unto you young men because ye have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you little children because ye have known the Father. I have written unto you fathers because ye have known Him uh, that is from the beginning. I have written unto you young men because ye are strong and the Word of God abideth in you. And ye have overcome the wicked one. He knows he's talking to three different groups here. He's got the little children, the young men. He's got the fathers. And this what we're talking about here today it applies to everybody. This is something that needs to be taught to the children and to the young men and uh, and the young ladies and to uh, even the older folks. This stuff it needs to be taught. It applies and it applies to all of us. What we're going to be talking about here. This is not just something that God wants just from the new Christians. Uh, or from the old Christians, this applies to everybody. And then he goes on to say in verse 15, "...Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God..." abideth forever. I want you to notice that statement, love not the world. Now this isn't talking about the people. Alright? Because the Bible says in John 3.16, for God so loved the world. But was when it talks about the world here, it's not talking about necessarily the planet or it's not even necessarily talking about the people. It's talking about really the things of the world. The things that are are really it names them off. It says for all that is in the world, and it notice it doesn't mention people, because God loves people, okay, and we ought to love people. That's clear. But it's talking about the things of the world or the world system or the one. It's called the lust of the flesh. It says all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh. When the Bible talks about the lust of the flesh, it's talking about our carnal desires. Or our fleshly desires. You probably noticed this, but there are some things that we desire that aren't necessarily good. We sometimes desire to maybe punch somebody in the nose. Doesn't mean we ought to do that. Sometimes we maybe desire things that don't belong to us. And it's that carnal desire that's there, that lust of the flesh. We're constantly lusting after things. It may even be something too that's even more natural, things like, you know, food. Alright, which isn't, it's not, some things that aren't a sin. It's not a sin to eat. But at the same time, we should not, our life should not be centered around eating. Okay? It's not wrong to earn money, and it's not, it's not wrong, it's not a sin to have nice cars or a nice house. But if that's all that we're working for, if that's what we love more than anything, then that's, that's the problem right there. We're not supposed to love those things. Okay, I mean, we can appreciate them, be thankful for them. I'm thankful for my vehicles. I'm thankful for my house. I'm thankful for all that God has given me. But I'm here to tell you that I don't, I won't go. I don't love those things in the sense where I don't love them. I don't love them more than I love God. I don't love them more than I love my family. If I had to pick between my family or my possessions, say you can have my possessions, you can take it. I love my family much more. I I, I love. 
Uh, I love God much more than those things. I'm not going to deny Christ and I'm not going to leave the will of God so I can pursue some of these carnal things. The lust of the flesh. Also the lust of the eyes. Those can be things that look good on the surface but bring destruction. There's a lot of things in this world that look good and look exciting, but they're sin and they bring they bring problems. The pride of life, that's really just anything we could use to exalt ourselves. If I'm seeking after maybe fame, if I'm just looking if I you know, if I'm just starting a church just so I can see how many people I can get to come listen to me run my mouth every week so I can think I'm something great, that's pride of life. If I do that, God's not going to be pleased. God's not going to bless. But the, but the, and the Bible says not to love the world, neither the things that are in the world, that we're not supposed to love those things. And he goes on, he makes a very bold statement here. He says, if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. If your life is spent pursuing after the lust of the flesh, there's something missing inside of you, the Bible says. There's something that's not there. The love of the Father's not in you. If you can, you know, if you could not just not care about the will of God, because you're so concerned about the things of the world, there's something missing. There's something that's not inside you. Listen, it's the Holy Spirit that lives inside of me that motivates me to do right. There's the Holy Spirit that's inside of me that keeps me coming to church. There's the Holy Spirit of God that keeps me reading my Bible and studying it and makes me want to witness. It's inside of me. And because He's inside me, I love, I love the world more than I love these other things. I love people more than I love the pride of life. If it was all about the pride of life, then I'm just, if I, and I'm just wanting to make a name for myself, well, I'm going to be, I'm going to preach a whole lot different. I'm going to make sure I preach things that aren't going to offend anybody. I'm going to I'm just going to get up and I'm going to preach a bunch of stuff that makes people feel good. I mean, we're not we're not going to talk about sin. We're going to you know, we're just going to talk about the love of God and how wonderful you all are. But you know what? There's something inside of me that says you can't do that. You're supposed to love people more than you love the things of this world and that pride of life. And if what you're telling, if if I'm telling you something that's going to lead you away from the truth, it's because that it's only because of pride that would let me do that. Love is going to make me tell you the truth. If you love somebody, you're going to tell them the truth. It's just it's a part of it. But Satan, he's always used these three things: the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life to get people to sin. He did it to Eve in the Garden of Eden in Genesis chapter three, verse four through six. It said, And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And listen to what it says. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, it looked good. It looked appealing to her flesh. She was probably hungry and she's thinking, Man, I'll bet that fruit tastes good. I want some of that. She said, uh, and it was pleasant to the eyes. It just it looked good. Have you ever seen something that you know it looked tasty, but it wasn't? I, I used to say I've got several tests that things have got to pass before I'm going to eat them, and one of them is the sight test. <laughs> when I was a kid, I'd say if it doesn't look good, I'm probably not going to like it, and I'm not going to eat. It. I was picky when I was a kid. I've grown out of a lot of that. I eat a lot more stuff now. 
But I said, if it doesn't look good, I'm not going to eat it. But I've seen some things that looked really good. and But yet, you try them, eh, not that great. But boy, this fruit, it looked good. And she wanted it. There's things in this world that look good. But they're not going to bring you happiness. They're not going to bring you satisfaction. And they're definitely not going to bring you salvation. But then she, And then it goes on, it says, uh, and a tree to be desired to make one wise. That pride of life. She's thinking, hey, God knows something I don't know. He knows good and evil. I don't. I'm missing out. I want to, I want to be as gods. That's what the Satan told her. He said, your eyes shall be open and ye shall be as gods in that pride of life. That she wanted to exalt herself. And when she did that, it got her to eat the fruit. And it worked. And Satan uses those three things on people every day and it works. It's worked on everybody except for one. And that was Jesus Christ. We're not going to take time to read through the whole thing. But if you go to Matthew chapter 4, verse 1 through 11, Jesus has gone 40 days without any food. 40 days. His flesh has got to be hurting. His flesh is, I mean, he's hungry. And Satan tried to tempt him to turn the stone into bread. Jesus could have done it. But Jesus looked at Satan and he said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth from the mouth of God. He also took him, ah, he showed him all the kingdoms of the earth. All these kingdoms will I give thee if thou wilt bow down and worship me. And Jesus said, and Jesus, he didn't go for that. He didn't go for that lust of the eyes. I imagine those kingdoms look great. And then he took Jesus to the pinnacle of the temple and he tried to get him to jump off and saying, If you're really the Son of God, the angels will catch you. They'll pick you up and bear you up. Bear thee up. And Jesus looked at him again, quoted scripture, and said, He said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Jesus did not fall for any of those things. Not one. But Satan uses those things and this world is constantly hitting us with those things. The world is always going to be trying to push us away from God and get you involved in sin. I mean, the sin that's promoted these days. I mean, it's all over the television and it's glorified and it's made to look as like it's a good thing and it's a wonderful thing and it's sin, it's garbage. And people look at that and they love it. They love that sin. They love. They love. They say, "I don't. I don't want to give my heart to Christ. I don't want to. I don't want to go to church. I don't want to do those things I like." And they'll start naming off some sins that are in their life. And the truth is, if you're saved, the Bible says, "If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him." They say, "I love those things of the world more than I love God." Well, if that's the case, I'm here today to tell you that you are not saved based on the Word of God. A person who's really saved is not going to love those things. A person who's saved, they're going to repent and they're going to turn from their sins and they're going to they're going to go towards Christ. So they're not going to be perfect. Listen, I there's one one thing that uh, we see in the Bible. Paul talked about it. Is that sin that's inside of us? Like I said, we're we still have that desire sometimes. But you know what? When you get saved, something happens. You hate it. I hate. The temptations. You know, there's some things that's like, why does this? Why am I even still dealing with this? You know, I think believe as Paul said, "Who shall deliver me from the body of this death?" Paul, he loved God more than he loved the world, but Paul still had that sin nature, and he hated it. He wanted to be the best Christian he could possibly be, and he hated that he had that sin nature. I mean, he just looked forward to the day when he wouldn't have that anymore, when he'd be like Christ, 
And that ought to be your attitude right now. There's things that you desire and maybe there's temptations, but you ought to be longing for that day when someday you're like Christ. And those temptations are gone. That desire to sin is gone where you're not going to be making mistakes anymore. Where you'll be doing the right thing. And I tell you, I'm not. listen, if you're saved, it doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. You're still going to mess up sometimes. You're going to have your bad days. You're going to fail. But I'm here today to tell you though that when that happens, you're not going to love it. You're going to hate it. You're going to be convicted of that sin. You're going to be asking God to forgive you of that sin. But many people today, they say that they're saved. They say they're on their way to heaven. And yet, they're constantly involved in sin and they seem to love it. They don't care. They have no desire to get away from it. And this causes a lot of confusion. People get confused. Well, this person says they're saved, but they're living one way or... You know what? How do we really tell? Well, one thing we need to realize is that we need we need to be careful. We need to make sure that we're not deceived by antichrist. Okay, now this isn't talking about the antichrist that we read about in Revelation. But look in verse eighteen. It says, "Little children, it is the last time, and ye have heard that antichrist shall come. Even now are there many antichrists." whereby we know that it is the last time. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us, but they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. Now, we've got to be, we cannot let ourselves be deceived by Antichrist. So how do we spot them? How do you tell who the Antichrist is? Now listen, once again, this isn't something that we learn so we can go look at other people in the church or other people who won't say, Antichrist, Antichrist. This isn't a name-calling thing. This is something that we do for ourselves. This is something so we can, where we search, we're trying to search our own individual hearts to figure out if we're saved. Okay? We're not, it's not our job to figure out who's saved. Alright? We're trying to figure out if we're saved. But people will cause confusion. Because you're going to see so many people that are saying one thing, but you read what the Bible says, and they're doing something completely different. So how do we spot them? Well, first of all, we see in verse 20 that the Holy Spirit will reveal it to you. It says, "...but we, but ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things." That unction, that's a, that's a filling of the Holy Spirit. When you get saved, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. And He's going to reveal things to you. Listen, you, you don't even have to know that much about the Bible sometimes. And you could hear, maybe you hear somebody preaching something, and there's just something inside you that says, you know what, that's not, that's not true. That's not, there, there's something wrong with that. I've seen that with, I've seen that with new Christians. They're like, yeah, I was, I was watching this preacher on TV. And he was preaching something, and they'll start saying what he was saying and, and how they believe it. And it's like, that, that just doesn't seem right. And, then you know, we'll say, well, yeah, that isn't right. And then we'll start giving them Scripture. And they don't even know the Scripture. But they know that there's just something wrong about what that person's telling them. You know why? It's the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit that dwells inside of you, He's going to say, hey, don't listen to that person. They're, they're lying to you. They're, they're not telling you the truth. The Holy Spirit reveals it to you. He'll, he'll help you keep from being deceived. I, don't, I, I believe Christians can be deceived, but I believe most of the time it's not that we're deceived. It's just that we like what they're saying 
and it fits with what we desire in our flesh, and so we go along with it. Well, the person who's saved, the Holy Spirit's going to reveal things to you. Also, in verse 22, it says, "Who is a liar? But he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ, he is antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son." Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father, but he that acknowledgeth the Son hath the Father also. We'll know them by their works. Matthew, we're not going to take time to read it, but it's in the notes. Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 through 20, Jesus said that there's going to be, there's going to come among you wolves in sheep's clothing. On the outside they look great, but on the inside they're ravening wolves and they're going to try to deceive you. And Jesus makes a statement in there, he says, by their fruits ye shall know them. By their fruits ye shall know them. You know, you hear every once in a while you'll hear about a pastor or a preacher who is involved in all kinds of wicked things. And a lot of times when that comes out, it destroys the church. And the truth is, not that you know that, that guy, he was a wolf. They're out there. There's people that on the outside they look great. They look like nice people. What they say sounds wonderful, but on the inside they are just as lost as the devil. They're wolves. They're lying to you. Listen, you know, whenever you have, I mean, if you're trying to deceive people, if I'm wanting to trick you into following, you know, going after a false religion, I'm not gonna, you know, go around wearing a T-shirt that says "Devil Worshipper." Or, you know, I'm not going to get 666 tattooed on my forehead. I'm not going to do something like that. I'm going to put on the sheep's clothing. I'm going to try to look like a preacher. I'm going to try to talk like one. I'm going to try to act like one. And it's like, well, how do we know if this person is for real? Well, you'll know them by their fruits. You'll know them by their fruits. It may be a while before it gets revealed to you. But when you hear about some of these things happening, I'm here today to tell you that it's not because... God's, you know, there's something wrong with God. There are some wolves out there that are very tricky and that can deceive you. And that's why we've got to be careful too not to follow men too much. We're supposed to, we're supposed to follow the Word of God. Listen, I, it's, it's said when you see a pastor that turns out that he's a wolf and you see that church get destroyed, but what's really sad is the fact that these people that end up getting out of church and quitting church, that they were following a man and not following God. Listen, I've got there's people, there's preachers that I respect and that I admire, that I, that I love. But if I find out that any of them are wolves, I'm not going to quit serving God because of that. Because they're ultimately I'm following Christ. And if they are wolves, eventually we'll find out. It says they went out from us because they were not of us. If they'd been of us, they would have continued with us. You're going to see people that are going to come, uh, they're going to be in church and they're going to be out of church and that are kind of back and forth and one day they're this and another day they're that. And the truth is, they never really were of us. You said some, you know, maybe, uh, I've heard stories about, you know, people in the church, maybe deacons or pastors, and you find, they find out they're involved in all this sin and they were involved in all this garbage. And the truth is, it's not that they fell away. It's not that they lost their salvation. They were never of us to begin with. There, see, a person who's really saved, their lifestyle will not contradict the Scriptures. It says, Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist. You are 
more than likely not going to hear people, especially in a church, say that Jesus is not the Christ. You're not going to hear somebody get by a pulpit and deny Jesus to your face. But there's more than just to deny Christ is more than just saying I deny Him. If your actions go against what He taught, remember we earlier in the passage it talked about how if you love Me, you'll keep My commandments. Hereby we know that we love Him if we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not grievous. If people say they love Christ, if they say that they're following Christ, but their works are completely against what the Word of God says, they're antichrist. Just because you say one thing and, and you're doing it, it doesn't make you whatever you say you are. I can tell you all, hey, I'm a policeman. I have the right to arrest you. Okay? Does that give me the right? So just because I say it? No. I've got to have that badge. I've got to have that state of Illinois backing me up. I've got to have all those things. Just because somebody says they're something doesn't make them something. If I am really a police officer, there's going to be some evidence. I'm going to have a badge. And not one that I bought from Walmart. I'm going to have a real badge. And not only that, I'm going to be recognized in certain places. You'll be able to call up you know, the, the state police or the local police and they're going to have my name and I'm going to have, I'm going to have a number with them. I'm going, to, I'm going to be... If there's going to be evidence I'm a part of, I'm going to have a uniform. I'm going to have a uniform that I wear that makes me look like a police officer. There's going to be certain things that I do. You're going to be able to tell because I've been trained to do certain things and I handle things a certain way. It's going to be obvious, but there's a lot of people, they say that they're Christians, but their actions are completely opposite of what a Christian does. And if that's the case, the truth is they're not a Christian. They're an antichrist. Your life, their lifestyle will not contradict the Scriptures. They'll con- and they'll continue doing right. Time will tell. Verse 24, it says, let, uh, let that therefore abide in you which ye have heard from the beginning. If that which ye have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, ye also shall continue in the Son and in the Father. If the Holy Spirit is really inside of you, you're going to continue doing the things of God. You're going to continue following the Word of God. Many times people will come into a church like this one and they'll come in for a little while and the truth is they're just trying something new. I mean, boy, they'll conform to everything right away. I mean, they'll, they'll come and they'll get baptized and they might even start... You know, they'll be, they'll be here for every service and they might even start dressing a certain way and talking a certain way and saying amen and doing all the things that they see everybody else doing. They might even start putting money, their money in the offering plate and they might start, I mean, doing everything. I mean, they'll talk the talk, boy, and they'll just... I mean, but then a year later they're gone. The truth is, if you're really saved, if the Holy Spirit's really in you, it's not just going to be a little passing thing that you do. It's going to be something that you're going to continue doing. I'm not saying that people never backslide. People do backslide, and that's another story. But let me tell you, when that happens, the chastening hand of the Father is going to be on you. God's for whom the Lord loveth, He chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom He receiveth. And I'm not here today to tell you you know, we're not we're not doing this so we can pick out who the antichrists are. But in your mind, what you ought, what what God wants you to do, all right? I'll use Brother Renee as an example, all right? I mean, I, I I love Brother Renee, he's a good guy, I think he's a good Christian. But if all of a sudden I find if I see that he's just living like the devil, okay, I can do one of two things. I can, or there's really I guess three things I can do. I can look at that and say, well, 
I guess it's okay for Christians to do that too. And I can start allowing some of those same sins in my life. Or, I can say, you know what? This whole thing must be fake. This whole thing, it's all fake. It's all phony. It's not real. There's nothing that can change any of us. We're just doomed to being reprobates all our life. Or, I can have the attitude and say, you know what? As far as I'm concerned, as far as between me and God, I ought, I ought to look at Him. Not treat Him, not say about Him, but in my own mind, I ought to look at Him as though He's a lost person. So I'm, now, I'm not going to get up to the church and say, hey, y'all need to be praying for Brother Renee. He's as lost as the devil. He's wicked. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go to other people in the church and say, hey, he's lost. If somebody, Even if somebody came to me and said, hey, I'm kind of confused about this Christianity thing because I'm here, you're supposed to be one thing, but one of the men in your church is supposed to be a Christian. He's doing all these other things. I'm not even going to tell that person. That he's probably not that he's not even saved. But in my mind, when it comes to whether I'm going to follow the scriptures or not, I ought to look at anybody that's going contrary to the word of God and look at them as an antichrist. Anybody who says anything contrary to the word of God, you don't go run around calling them liars. But in your mind, you ought to say, "Let God be true, and every man a liar." In my mind, that's a, they're a liar. What they're saying goes against the word of God. Now, the truth is, brother and just may be severely backslidden. He may just be away from God right now. God may be punishing him too, and I don't even know about it. But in my mind, I'm supposed to. Uh, you, you, you need to look at them as somebody who's lost. Otherwise, they're going to confuse you. And if he really is saved, so the Lord's going to deal with them. It may be over several years, but God's going to deal with them, and God can take care of him. But as far as I'm concerned, remember, we're trying to figure out if we're saved ourselves. I want to know if I'm saved. And you got to be careful because people are going to really confuse you. And the Bible says that the testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. If people are confusing you, if what the Bible says and what people are doing are confusing you, what you need to do in your mind is just look at them as Antichrist. Look at them as lost. So I'm not saying be hateful. I'm not saying be mean. I'm saying, but you ought to pray for them as though they were lost. Don't. And too many people who say that they're saved today are following people in the church that are going completely contrary to the Word of God. And the truth is, these people may not even be saved. But they'll use other people in the church as an excuse. Well, so-and-so does it. Well, my pastor does it. Well, this person does it. It doesn't matter. If the Word of God says not to, you don't do it. You need, and, but uh, there's many people there. They're going to deceive. We're going to know them by their message. Verse 23, Whosoever denieth the Son, the same is not the Father. But he that acknowledgeth the Son hath the Father also. It's more than just saying Jesus is the Christ. They're going to be, they're going to, what they say is going to line up with the Scriptures. If what they say does not line up with the Scriptures, I'm sorry, they're antichrist. There's preachers out there. A lot of these guys on the television that you watch, not all of them, but a lot of them, you people, they'll be listening and say, that doesn't line up with the Scripture. And it's true, it doesn't line up with the Scripture because they are, they're Antichrist. Do not be deceived. We need to remember that real salvation, it's eternal. Many times, people get confused 
because they go maybe they go to church for several years and that person who was well respected and who I mean who was admired and everybody thought they were a great Christian they see that person end up getting involved in some deep sin and they'll and they'll read these passages where it says you know I mean if, if you love me you'll keep my commandments and they look and say well I know they must have been saved but maybe they lost it but look at what the Bible says in verse 25. And this is the promise that He hath promised us even eternal life. Even eternal life. Something that's eternal, it doesn't end, does it? It can end. Well, if God gives you eternal life and you can lose it, was it ever eternal? Absolutely not. But if God, if you're really saved today, it's forever. It's eternal. You can't lose it. It's not going to come and go. It's forever. People, they don't lose their salvation. God promised us eternal life. People make the statement all the time, you know, the you know, famous saying, you know, once once you're saved, you're always saved. But I, I think the best way to put that is if you're saved, you're always saved. Just because somebody gets up and says, hey, I'm saved. Just because they go, I'm saved, and they go and they get baptized, doesn't mean that they're saved. If, if a person is saved, they're saved forever. But there's a lot of people saying they're saved. There's people that we think are saved. People that I think are saved that may not be saved. So I can't know who's saved and who's not saved. All I can know is for myself. And if I see people that seem to be sending mixed messages... Okay, it's it's not our job to go calling them out and calling them antichrist, calling them liars. But when it comes to me searching for my own salvation, anybody whose lifestyle is contradicting the Word of God, I should look at them as lost, as a liar, as an antichrist. We don't and we don't follow Christ so we can stay saved. We follow Him because we are saved. Verse 27, "...but the anointing which ye have received of Him abideth in you, and ye need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teacheth you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in Him. And now, little children, abide in Him, that when He shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before Him at His coming." If you know that He is righteous, you know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of Him. And many of these things that I've said in this message, I hope you take this in the right attitude, the right spirit. It probably sounds kind of mean. Alright? It might even sound a little bit judgmental. And once again, I'm not, I do not believe in going around and us trying to figure out who's saved and who's not saved. We can't do that. But what I'm, what I'm trying to do in this message today is show you that there's a lot of, a lot of the confusion. If you're confused in your own life, I almost guarantee it, one of the reasons is you start thinking about all these people that you think are saved or that you don't think are saved, and you kind of use them as an example, or you kind of use them as the basis for whether or not you're saved. And if you use people, it's going to confuse you, it's going to mess you up. None of us can really we we can't get that right. We can't we can't pick them all out, and uh, and we definitely aren't supposed to do that publicly. But what we are supposed to do when you're searching your own heart, 
when you're searching your heart and when you're trying to find out if you're saved, what you have to do is you've got to you've got to go to the Word of God, and you've got to trust what it says, and you look at everybody else as though they're like, I don't think I said so I'm not. There's not one person in here that I would call a liar. All right, not not even privately or to your face. I wouldn't I wouldn't do that. Y'all, as far as I know, you're good people. I care about you, and I, I think you're great. I think you're all great people. But at the same time, one of the things that there's going to be times that come where maybe there's something that goes on in your life that contradicts the Bible, maybe causes can cause confusion in my mind. But what God wants us to do is not treat everybody like liars and like antichrists, but what He wants us to do is just trust His Word so much that what other people say or do doesn't matter at all. That's what He wants. This isn't about hating people. Alright, this is about really it's about loving God and following His His Word. I love my wife. Alright? I love my kids. There's nothing that my kids could do that would make me not love them, but at the same time, if my kids say, Well, Dad, you know what? I believe that there's more than one way to go to heaven. Okay? Still love my kids, but you know what? But Bible's what's true. I'm a, as far then I've got to look at them. As a liar. So this isn't about hating people. If the Word of God makes you hate people, or if you think this is about hating people, you need to listen to uh, last week's message, where it talks about you know if Christ is really, and you're going to love your, you're going to love the brethren. But too many times, people are causing confusion. Don't let them do that to you. They may, because the, the truth is, any of these any of these people that are confusing you, they may be lost. Or they may be backslidden, and it's not up to us to figure out what it is. What God, and, and that's not why God wrote this, so we can figure out who's saved and who's not saved. He gave it to us so we could get that assurance in our own hearts. And people will mess that up, and you can't you can't allow that to happen. So I hope I've, I hope I've made this clear. I know there's a lot there, but I hope you'll I hope you'll read these passages. But God wants us to know if you. If you really are saved, you're not going to love the things of this world. Doesn't mean you're not going to desire some of the things. Doesn't mean you're not going to have temptations. But you're going to love more. You're going to love God more, and you're going to want to follow His commandments. If you're if you're really saved to that Holy Spirit, He's going to be inside of you, and He's going to help keep you from being deceived. Because let me tell you, the devil's tricky, and there's a lot of slick, tricky people out there that'll try to that'll try to mess you up. And don't don't fall for that. Learn to base your salvation on the Word of God, not people. And that's what really this is all about. I know it might have sounded mean to people, and if it did, I apologize. That's not that's not what the goal was. But we can't base our salvation on people. It will confuse you all the time. We base it on the Word of God. The Word of God takes priority in such a way that people don't matter. They don't really matter. And no doubt, in this time when John wrote this, there was a lot of confusion, and he tried to, he tried to set him straight. And I believe that's what he wanted to do: is just hey, stop focusing on people. This is what God says. Focus on Him. If you love Him, you'll keep His commandments. If they love Him, they'll keep His commandments too. And uh, tell you the, the plan of salvation. It is a simple plan. Man's complicated. We've tried to make everybody saved. We want to believe everybody's going to heaven. 
And I understand wanting everybody to go to heaven, but the simple fact is not everybody's going to go to heaven. Jesus said, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. He's going to say to many of them, Depart from me. I never knew you. So don't be deceived. This is, this is a very personal thing that you need to do. And I hope you'll search your heart and do that. So let's stand together this morning with our heads bowed and eyes closed.